Welcome to the Jesus, Sex, and Politics Podcast. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And here we talk about all those things that culture doesn't want to talk about. That will scare you. Nathan, today we have an amazing show. And I With really... amazing guests. If these guests are not more amazing than any guests any we guests have we've ever, ever had. Ever have any guest? Then and we are lousy hosts and terrible husbands. Well, we have we have two of the best looking guests I would say we've ever had oh, in the yes. in the studio. Without a doubt, without a doubt. So we have in the studio our lovely wives, uh, Mrs. Christina Peternell and Mrs. Susan Beckwith. Uh, ladies, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having us. You're welcome. Yeah. Hey, uh, so we we talk about politics a lot. Yes, we do. Um, and we talk about Jesus a lot. Yes, we do. And the name of the, po- the podcast is Jesus, Sex, Sex, and Politics. So we brought we- some experts in on the uh, the <laughs> sex talk. So we, uh, you know, we we wanted to talk about that one today a little bit. I think we should. <laughs> it, we are coming up into the Valentine season, so. You know, don't just nod. You can jump in. That's right. Yeah. I'm so. waiting for my heart rate to return to normal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So we we all, we really, though, want to talk about uh, what it means to have a godly marriage, to have a marriage that lasts, a marriage that is a fair proof, a marriage yep. that is fun, that's exciting. And really, marriage is the picture of God's love for us. And so we wanted to dive into that today. So if you're listening to this and you're married, I think it'll be really, uh, it'll, it'll be beneficial to just hear these conversations out loud, maybe questions that you've asked yourself, you don't know where to turn for the answers. Or if you're not married, this is still a great look at how to have godly relationships and boundaries to put in place even in dating or or even just your relationship with the Lord. And so I think it's a it's a great it's a great conversation to have. So And if you are one of our younger listeners, mom, dad, you might you might you want to listen to this one first. Okay, listen to it because And if you're not careful <laughs> sex can destroy lives. <laughs> oh my goodness, what is that clip from? I have no idea, but it's hilarious. <laughs> Only, only, only bad sex can destroy lives. That's true. That's true. So what's the difference, Nathan, between good sex and bad sex? I would say, well, I, I would say first off, it, it has to have covenant to it. So sex. Is that like a lube? Is that like a massage oil, covenant massage oil? What no, is that? What a great name. If you were going to market. <laughs> market the ladies are over there shaking their heads like, what did we sign up for? That this would be a terrible. great name, though. It would be Covenant covenant lub, lubricated, Lubrication. Massage oil. Uh, anyhow. I, I was promised this would be tasteful. You're not having to say it. No, you guys are bringing the tastefulness to this. We bring the jokes and the humor and the middle school uh, comedy. Listen, we were talking about Covenant. You got to have a license to have sex, first off. And you only get that whenever you're married between a man and a woman. So why why is that important to a culture that really doesn't, you know, care for covenant and marriage? Eh, that's antiquated. That's old school. Why? I mean, I know from a Christian perspective, we're just saying we're doing it because God says this is a picture of my covenant with my my church, Jesus, Jesus being the bridegroom and then the church being the bride. But to somebody who's listening that doesn't really get that or care about that, what would you say, you know, what would you say to them to say, because they would say, well, I don't believe in that aspect. So I'm just going to go out and, you know, I'm just going to go out and live, live and let live. And, and, uh, I mean, what are some of the consequences to even those who aren't walking with the Lord, but they find themselves reaping these consequences of living a life, a sexual life outside of covenant. Um, I know you told a story once that I remember you guys were just married and you, you got married, ended up having a baby but you weren't making a whole lot of money. You went to the city to say, hey, can you help us with like, you know, something. But because you were married and doing it the right way, you weren't eligible for yes. assistance. Yes, had we been shack up honeys, it would have been different. <laughs> and so that to me, that's just crazy. It's, it's incentivizing this fatherlessness rate, this, uh, this, you know, guys hooking up with chicks and then chicks having these kids and then the guys leaving. And, and I think that's like a consequence right there where, you know, there's no covenant, there's no commitment. We we always we recognize what fatherlessness does to communities. It it destroys communities, but nobody wants to talk about abstinence in school. They're like, oh no, that's too Christian. We gotta we're gonna talk about how to have all kinds of sex with all kinds of different things, and uh, and then we're surprised when we have all these issues and 
yeah. in society. Yeah. I would, you know, first off, I, I think you have to admit that marriage is God's idea. He's the one that created it from the beginning. And, and so you have a, something that government and society practice, and yet the definition comes from God. But when you start to then take and twist what God said, that's, twisting is the word perversion. You, you're, you're perverting something. And so anything that was meant to be a blessing can be turned into uh, a curse if you don't do it the way that God says. So, you know, I think that's, that's really how you, you talked about what's the def- definition of good sex. Good sex would be that which honors God in its intent. And a lot of people just don't understand God's intent. They think God is prudish when God was the one who created the gift of sex to begin with. And, and why? To do exactly what you said, to show Christ in the church. Even the very act of sex is meant as an illustration to humanity of the kind of relationship that God wants to have, the intimacy that God wants to have. So, you know, I, I think people go, well, I don't believe in that. Well, you, you participate in all kinds of aspects of things that are spiritual in nature. You don't want to give God glory for it. Okay, Romans 1, they didn't want to acknowledge God as God. That doesn't change the reality and the truth of what marriage is and what sex is. So what do you ladies think as far as... As far well, as, uh, you know, the consequences that so many of our, you know, that are facing in society, so many are facing because they don't do it God's way. That's a Susan, <laughs> I feel like you, heavy <laughs> one. you have something to say. <laughs> oh, goodness. All of a sudden, off the bat, you know, a couple different things come to my mind as far as, I, I appreciate that that is such a special bond with that one person and that, that you uniquely share together and you don't bring any baggage to a situation of past hurts. And I also really appreciate there's no comparison aspect. And also, I, I know that this may say, sound ridiculous, but I think about all these young people, and this isn't even from like a, a faith aspect, but just a health aspect that are out there being so frivolous. I think, mm-hmm. do you recognize that when you are with them, you are with potentially all the other people that they have been. So I don't know. I'm just very thankful that that was um, something that was very important to Micah and I both to to wait until we were married. I mean, it wasn't easy. We dated five years, and the last year was especially difficult because we were engaged, but we were doing long distance. So when we would see Mm -hmm. each other, you know, we'd have to travel. And so we really had to be very intentional with putting in boundaries. And But we made it. Shoo! It didn't help that every time she walked in the room, this was her theme song. <laughs> and so uh, this is what was going on in my head. It was like slow motion. She'd come into a room and slow motion, this song is going on. And the, her hair is blowing in the wind. And I'm like, oh, crap. I got to get out of here. I'm not going to be able to contain myself. <laughs> I hope I answered your question. No, I I think I, I think it's uh, the baggage thing. You know, first off, on the on the STD side of things, for young people, it's one in four. And that's, that's uh, one of the more, that might even be an old number. It, it might be worse than that. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter came home from college and told me how rampant one of the sexual, um, you know, the, the, the sexual uh, diseases were at the school. And, she, and, and that was a Christian school. Wow. You know, and she's like, yeah, kids are in each other's rooms constantly. And you talk about comparison, mm-hmm. that you know, what's the, what's the, the old saying comparison is the thief of joy, Mm -hmm. but, but that's exactly what happens in marriage whenever you're comparing Mm -hmm. and then you get into the porn addictions and what girls have to face of what, what, what does that guy really want me to look like, act like, you know, how does he look at my body? All those things come up as a result of not doing it God's way, you know, where you Mm -hmm. would not have that dysfunction had they just gone about it, you know, the way the Lord said to do it. Interesting from a faith perspective, and I've, I'm a little nervous because I hope I'll be able to articulate this, but I listened to a podcast this last week with Charlie Kirk, and from a, a he was actually interviewing a priest that would do, what's, what's, what did they do when they remove demons from a exorcism? exorcism. Yeah. Thank you. And he was talking specifically about a case where he was working with a gentleman that had been sexually promiscuous and 
they attribute to to that leading to him actually becoming possessed. And he was like, well, I've been sexually active without any repercussions my whole life. And how could you attribute it to this specifically? And I thought he gave such a good example. He was like, well, you could leave your window open to your home and go on vacation repeatedly and there would be no issues. But then there will be one time that someone does come in and, you know, obviously causes destruction. And so it was just really interesting to hear that, you know, how they said, you know, just that sexual promiscuity could bring in so much into your life that's probably greater than anybody really realizes. Well, and also, too, you have to think of it. We, we tend to just think that sex is physical, but and it, op, and it works only a certain way in the physical. We know that STDs, you can get an STD, not every time, but to that point, you might have that one time with that one person where your body then receives that STD. Well, it's the same thing in the spiritual realm. Someone has a has a demonic oppression or a demonic possession, and you may sleep with them. And, and the scripture is very clear. When you have sex, two become one. That means in every aspect. That means not just physical, but spiritual. And so you're linking up with them spiritually, and you essentially can get a spiritual STD if someone comes in to you with a demonic spirit well, that demonic spirit could and very well might just attach itself to you or come into you in the same way that AIDS or, you know, whatever, you know, what are the other STDs? That's, you know, can we yeah. go down the, should we go down the no. list of them? And like, I don't even know how we got turned on this particular track. Well, <laughs> I think it's a good track, but I think it's just a good reminder that, you know, hey, if you just, you know, you got to remember that this is an act where, where you literally are becoming one with the other person yes. holistically, not just physically. I think it's easy to see the physical aspect when, you know, the one thing goes into the other thing and then the thing becomes one big thing. Yeah. It's kind of like, I think, I think, you know, as you talk about, as you talk about, you know, demon, demonized is really the word in scripture. It's not, it doesn't say maybe demon possession or demon oppression in the Greek, but it says demonized, which means demons are, are at work, mm -hmm. but that's, I mean, the enemy is always at work to steal, to kill and to destroy, but Jesus came and we might have life. Um, and when you talk about something attaching itself to you, um, we talk about that, at Life Church, in terms of something called uh, soul ties, and that's really where our Freedom Conference comes into play because of how many people have brought so much junk into their life and have never dealt with it to get it removed, and it's been baggage and affliction they've been carrying with it. Chrissy, you've done, you know, uh, part of our our Freedom Conference mm -hmm. um, is especially where you know, like trauma is concerned, and you know, traumas lead to all this stuff that you're you're carrying too. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, the need to cut off those soul ties. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's super important. Um, it's something that people don't even think about that they carry with them. And like Micah was talking about, there's a sp spiritual aspect to it. Every single time that you're intimate, that you have sex, um, God created that. And it, of course, he created it for within marriage. But um, when it's done outside of his will, um, there is you are carrying a lot of soul ties and and a lot of bonded uh, of uh, baggage with you that you don't even realize that you're carrying in you know even into marriage, right from past relationships. So there is a um, because there's a spiritual aspect, then it's. It's necessary to, I mean, I would encourage everybody who hasn't been through the Freedom Conference, definitely, you know, go through it because it's so impactful. Um, it's life-changing. And we've had a lot of testimonies that have, you know, people have talked about how life-changing it is. But it's important to be able to cut off those soul ties right. for good. So in the very way that you, you, you mentioned that sex is actually designed by God to pull our hearts together. <laughs> when it's used outside of God's will, then it creates nothing. Then it ties you to something that's broken, mm -hmm. right? And and that's a drag upon your soul. But within marriage, it's funny, you know, the devil's trying to convince all the young people who aren't married, go have sex. And then he tries to convince all the people that are married, don't have sex. We're, <laughs> we're, we're really, and then in the church, so many people are like, oh, we can't talk about that. 
No, that's actually. And then Nathan and I came up with a podcast called Jesus, <laughs> Sex, and Politics. And actually, our our wives were the ones who created that name for us. So we oh, just only because we were gonna, gonna believe that we were <laughs> originally gonna call it Sex and Politics, <laughs> and, the, and they <laughs> said absolutely not veto, and we added Jesus, Sex, and Politics, and then they said we still don't like it, but we 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 <laughs> we made an executive call. How can you come against Jesus? And, you know, you <laughs> but can. Nathan, I I would like to say also having you know, to do with what you were saying. <clears throat> There's a common misconception. Um, and it's really a, just a lie from the enemy. <clears throat> Excuse me. That, um, you know, that people who are married don't have good sex. They don't, they oh. don't understand what good sex is. And people who, you know, outside of marriage, they have fun. They have all the fun in the world and mm. they're experts at sex. And that's, it's a total misconception. It's not true. Um, I think it's proven, and I wish I had the facts in front of me, that married couples actually have far more sex. Oh, and, they do. And I mean, uh, married. Better sex. Yeah. Married. I think I would like everyone couples. to know that. Yes, I am. Um, I'm, a, I'm a master of sex. <laughs> Oh, I just want to play that. Sure about that. I think we, I think we are. Uh, yes, we we have some good. Uh, I think Nathan and I can say we have good track records. Maybe would that be a good way? Like we are, we do have good sex, well, masters of sex. I want to say that, like Nathan and I were. I mean, we were youth pastors for many years. Eight, um, actually, like eleven what, and a half. eleven and a half years. And um, <laughs> at first, initially, you know, it took me a while to get used to how open Nathan was in talking about sex with the youth because <laughs> it was, for someone like me, it's super embarrassing. But um, he was just very, very open about it. But um, one of his intentions in doing that was he wanted to let the young people know sex within marriage is actually a beautiful thing to look forward to. Like, we have so much more fun, right? And um, so he wanted to make marriage look good because it is. And and also by doing that, you're you're kind of tearing the walls down because these kids are going to find answers, where one way or the other. No. And and so a lot of times, what happens is people in the church, pastors, leadership, they don't want to talk about these kind of quote unquote tough issues. I don't, I wouldn't say sex is a tough issue, but they just don't like talking about it. It's kind of uncomfortable, right? Well, then these kids don't hear it from church. So guess what? They're going to go out and hear it from where the schools, their friends, the media, the songs. So they're, they're getting all of the answers in all of the wrong places. And, and no wonder they're so broken. It's because the guys and the, the, the men and women who should be talking about it, in that in those settings like in the church under a biblical context don't do it so i appreciate that about nathan that i mean i've heard him talk about sex you know probably more than uh any other topic plus it's you know god's creation reveals his glory so uh, you know i don't amen amen that's right no you know uh when i was in bible college i don't know if i told you guys this but when i was in bible college my senior project was written on how to teach sex in the church wow um because because I was convinced that us being quiet about it means that young people are getting to that information, um, but they're not getting to the right information. They might get an answer. It doesn't mean it's the right answer. And so, so many kids don't, don't want to talk to their parents. They don't think their parents know anything about it. They think their parents are, are, are stupid about it. They don't, that their parents don't know the terms and you know, that somehow a stork brought them to their house rather than, you know, through, through God's design. And so, uh, one of the things that I thought we need to do is we need to undermine their friends at school. If they're learning things from their friends and their friends are learning things from Playboy magazine or wherever they're getting it from, and you know, Playboy is the mild side of things in the world that we live in today, right? If they're getting into pornography and that's where they're learning it, if media is the one that's teaching them that, then we have to get to them younger and we have to get to them before that, you know, and, and in the days of it, it where we were doing youth ministry, we were trying to get to them by seventh grade. And now that number just kept getting younger and younger and younger. And there was a school in Indiana. I remember when we were maybe maybe three or four or five years into youth ministry that the sixth grade girls had, were wearing jelly bracelets on their wrists for every guy that they had orally pleasured at the school. And that was in Madison, Indiana. So, you know, you're like, 
holy cow, I was getting criticized as a youth pastor for wanting to talk about this stuff because I was being told, oh, these kids are too young for that. And I had to make the argument, no, you're behind as parents. You should have been talking about this way sooner. And 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 now we have to go undo the mess. So I think that they do get these mentalities, like Chrissy's saying, that married couples are not having good sex. They're not having frequent sex. When you get married, you're going to have less sex and it's going to be, you know, boring and monotonous. And that's, that is a, that's a lie from the enemy. When we, um, when we first came to the church 12 years ago, our second series in the church was we, we preached through the song of Solomon and you could still get this series on our website. (laughs) It's called the two sides of the coin. And we actually, we started with a, uh, a time of fasting where we told people, hey, for, for, I think it was like three or five days, we don't want you to have any sex. If you're a married couple, no sex, just pray for each other, prepare your heart. We, we want you guys to serve one another, but let's start out with dedicating ourselves to prayer and praying for one another. And I said, but don't miss next week because I have another challenge for you. So everybody came back and then we challenged them to 30 days of as much sex as they could possibly have. And 30 days of as many expressions of romance as they could possibly have. So if the if the man wants wants sex, give romance and and vice versa for the wife, right? If if she's looking for for romance, give sex and then we'll just see what happens. Well, and then we start preaching on the Song of Songs, which is eight vignettes that aren't in aren't actually in chronological order, but they bounce back and forth and we just let the Bible set the diet. And then instead of doing altar calls, we did question and answer at the end of service. And that's where my wife really wanted to crawl. And, you know, she did not want to answer those questions. And you think... Uh, hey, listen, there are some questions that should not Oh, we got we got every that, question. In forum. In some ways, I'm, ba- I'm glad the you audio is... You can find is, this at lifechurchin.com. Oh, yeah. The, the audio who... is so bad, you can't hear all the questions and answers because the audio is so that bad. That was a God thing. But probably. let me tell you something. We were asked every question you can imagine. Oh, my goodness. But Chrissy and I got used to it in youth ministry because kids yeah. lack a filter and they would ask us anything. But because we were willing to talk about it then then we had a credibility mm-hmm. and so kids you want to know the number one time where kids were inviting their friends it was every february when we did our sex series and they were you know they i mean we had so many kids coming because they wanted to hear they the kids want to know what their parents think they just don't want to have the discomfort of asking them yeah. but as a youth pastor when you can turn around and say those things okay, I'm, I'm, you know, every kid looks at their parents as gross whenever they think of anything having to do with sex, but they will listen to a youth pastor. If a youth pastor can say the things that ought to be said from the parent's perspective, then that, that, that youth pastor is really serving those parents. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, I think, um, one of the things about that Song of Solomon series that, that, that I remember more than anything is, and I wasn't even here. Did you listen but, to it? Oh, well, I've listened to idea. the t-shirts and I still see the t-shirts occasionally. And what was the, what was the t-shirt? Yeah, we, we went out and got a t-shirt that we gave to all men for free. Oh, and, and you bought it, you bought a domain and we bought a domain okay. and it was called marriedmengetmore.com. <laughs> <laughs> and so all the men of the church Had were asked t-shirts. on Friday and Saturdays yeah. before the series starts, wear the shirt, marriedmengetmore.com and then go out <laughs> And just Which, wear it around. So then what was happening, I don't know what you're going to find if you look that up. So, so just married, married, married men, get more.com. Get more. So, and then it would link to our, our life church series. And it was to this day, as far as I know, it's still the number one most listened to series in the history of the church. We, <laughs> we, we, and, and guys, we grew so much in that in that month. So we every actually, pastor listening, if you want church growth, do a series on sex. Yeah. And Talk about it website is important. Too. It should yeah. be addressed. And I think that when there's silence, there's shame. And then when there's silence and shame, there's mm-hmm. no growth. And I think that, you know, the family is such an important part of, I mean, just it's, it's essential. And that, you know, that is the enemy does not want to see strong marriages. And that is such an, a key part of a strong, healthy marriage. And it's sad that I feel like the church is missing an opportunity. Literally growing up, and this is not to, to like, you know, put my church down or, you know, but it was just not talked about. The only message I received was, wait, 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 it'll be worth it. But there was no guidance, no instruction, no, no resources at all. Mm -hmm. And so I actually feel like 
married sex, it gets better because you mature and you know how to communicate. And, and I, I feel like there are more resources. I do think the church is, is getting a little bit better. I feel like there's a lot of opportunity there, but if there's one thing I felt like I could contribute to today is passing along a resource that has been so helpful to me. It was a podcast. Um, it is a podcast by Francie Winslow and it's called heaven in your home. And it approaches this topic of sex and intimacy from a godly perspective. And she does it so well. And I mean, there's so many different topics and resources that she covers. I think she has 173 episodes. They're not really long, but I feel like they are really filling a void that has been Mm. there for a long Mm. time. Yeah, that's good. If you can, I think, you know, for me growing up in, in, in church, they didn't talk about it a ton in church either. And, but I do feel like the middle school boys, we found our sex education, uh, in, in song of Solomon. So we go to Song of Solomon and you go to chapter seven. It's pretty easy. It's like your breasts are like two fawns, twin fawns of a gazelle. Yeah. Your neck is as beautiful as an ivory tower. (laughs) But, but I mean, I do. Are those the lines you use with Susan? That's right. Yes. It was like, honey, your breasts are like two fawns, twin fawns of a gazelle. You know, um, (laughs) I'll I'll tell you a funny story because you talk about stuff like this and people get bent out of shape. And uh, there was, when, when we first came to the church, I, I'll preach it in that Song of Songs series, and I referenced that verse in particular. Well, there was a, a woman who, uh, she had you know a couple kids out of wedlock who turned me into the district superintendent. Because, <laughs> For reading scripture. Because I read the scripture, oh and I think I said something about a petting zoo being open or something like that. Oh, yes, you so, definitely did say that. So... And and that oh I got I got to write that down uh, I gotta, I, that's a good one to remember <laughs> and and it was said that I was inappropriate right that was inappropriate and I thought okay so so we're teaching God's word God wrote this book put it by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit into the scriptures and not only that it's not written to married people if you look at it it's written to the virgin daughters of Jerusalem so. So we're not allowed to talk. Are, are we afraid of our Bibles? Are we afraid of even you know saying what it says? If we're holier than God, we got a problem. And and I think so many times that's the way stuff is coming off. This is this is not wrong for us. We had this couple, and I remember that um, they had they were seriously contemplating divorce. Told their kids they were going to get divorced came in and met with you and I, you remember that night? Oh, yeah. And and so the wife is just crying. She's crying, telling, talking about how she feels. And, and the, um, the husband is listening to all this. He's not, he's not batting an eye. He's just listening to her. And then I said, okay, well, that's how you feel. I, I said, what do you think about what you just heard her say? And, you know, he says, you know, I think we're in the wrong office. I think we need to be in a doctor's office. She needs medication. And, and I, <laughs> Uh, gentlemen, if you're listening, what not to say in a counseling I, session. Right I literally, there. I, I went, I don't know if it came out of my mouth, but I went, Oh, wow. You know, like I can't believe you just said that, but they took us up on the 30 day challenge. And we got a letter at the end of that series, which was eight weeks long. And it was from the wife. And she said, I have never been so happy to be my husband's wife. Everything changed in her heart in eight weeks. So what is that? It's the application of the word of God to, to exactly her point of pain. Absolutely. And Francie actually talks a lot about this. And I love the way she puts it. It's like, it's a point of connection. Even when you are so, when you are struggling, if you can come together and connect in mind, body, and spirit, I think that it's just so very powerful and we just don't talk about it enough and encourage it. But I'm so thankful for that story because think about the fact that their marriage was saved and the impact that that's going to have for generations to come on their children, you know, for their children. So yeah. You know, I was super nervous to come on today just because even it, it is a little bit uncomfortable for us to even talk about. And I'm like, I don't want to contribute to it's that. It's not uncomfortable for Micah to talk no, about. No, it's not. Whoa, hey. Neither of you. Yeah, I was gonna, let's be honest. Thank you, That's Christina. That's what makes for interesting conversations. So I, I feel like we agreed, though, because we do not want to be contributing to just 
the massive void and the mm-hmm. silence that's out there. And honestly, we went through a class in college that was supposed to be marriage preparatory. And we did have one kind of class or talk on this and they separated the the boys and the girls. And the only thing I got from that was, well, it's not like the movies. And it just was like, very negative. It wasn't talking about, it's actually, it can be better. You know, you, you can, there's so much more to it. I just felt like there weren't enough positive. I feel like it's in the movies. I mean, I'm, I mean, I don't know about you, Nathan. I'm pretty good at it. Last so longer it, than the movies. <laughs> oh my stars. It, it's, I, I think I've said that like 20 times uh, now already. <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that, uh, there's a lot of two, there's a lot of Christians that don't understand the freedom that a married couple can have. The, the Bible says marriage bed is undefiled. So as long as there's a holiness between the husband and wife, there are all, there's incredible freedom to, to experience the goodness of God there. Like creativity should, should be in the bedroom. Um, but so many times you have that the enemy's voice seems to speak louder in the world. And they, they have convinced people that if you're married, you won't have sex. If that's, if, if you're a married couple and you're not serving one another in that capacity, then, you know, you're actually exposing them to the possible, you're exposing the person that you love to the possibility that the enemy will, will be able to break through the, the gate of wisdom and destroy their life. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where else is a husband supposed to go to have sexual needs met that God made, by the way? You know, Dobson says that every 72 hours, a, a, a man has to feed that, you know, that that uh, hunger, that appetite in his life. Where's he supposed to go Do you and know, have that righteously met if he can't go to his wife for that? Okay, 72 hours. I'm going to hit on that just for a second. Does that, <laughs> because I feel like it's definitely more often than 72 hours, but does it, is there a... Is there a time in your life? Did he? Does he give like when you're 80 years old? Is it the same when you're 90 years I'm old? Not, I'm not 80, but you know, I did. I did hear that that the people that say that sex is the best in their life are not the 20 year old marrieds, not the 30 year old marrieds, not the 40 year old marrieds. It was the 50 and the 60 year old marrieds wow. that said that their sex life was the most fulfilling. And I thought, well, it's not that the testosterone is the highest at that point, right? It would you would say sure. it, it's it's the Probably lowest, lower. right? Yeah. Yeah. So what made it the best? And I wonder if it wasn't that they knew each other yeah, so well. That's what I was thinking. Comfortability. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the ability to communicate. I think as we mature, we feel less nervous to kind of communicate and kind my, of my I'll never forget my grandparents uh were missionaries to Japan in the back in the forties. They were Mennonite, very straight laced, you know, and uh <laughs> and my grandpa would sometimes just because they were so so straight laced, he would he would kind of step outside the box just to see if he can, you know, throw get people off there. Yeah, get a laugh. So he sent an email to all the grandkids. There were probably about 12 to 15 of us on this email chain. And, you know, they're they're in their mid-80s at this point and, and, uh, or early 80s. And, and uh, you know, I'm reading the email. And he's like, hello, grandchildren. Uh, just uh, wanted to, Grandma and I wanted to write you a nice note and encourage you and your, wherever you are in your life. And we're sitting here uh, um, naked by the fireplace right now. <laughs> you, write this email. you can see and where Micah like, gets his I was like, personality. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I was like, I don't know what I don't know what they said after that because I think my my eyes were starting to burn out of my sockets. But at the same time, it was uh, it was funny and and to that point, you know, I don't like thinking about that, but I'm sure they had a pretty good, you know. They had a pretty good, uh, well, I'm not, we're, not gonna, we're not going down that path anymore. <laughs> I will say, you know, we have young children. So Brody just turned six. Savannah's three, going to be turning four in May. And I think every season is different and it's hard. But I can speak for us right now with the season of little kids that sometimes being super spontaneous is difficult. And I think it's okay for you guys to schedule and, you know, to just communicate like, hey, we really do need connection and, and that's okay. And that doesn't mean that it's any less what, exciting. It actually can build anticipation. And that, no, that's a good point. 
And what the heck? Like, we can put a man on the moon, but we cannot get door locks that keep a <laughs> six-year-old and a three-year-old out of the bedroom. I just don't understand, like, why, why, how that's possible. These kids get in, like, lock the door. It doesn't matter. They're going to find a way into your bedroom, and you can't have that five minutes of privacy when I you have, have a six-year-old when, and when a three-year-old. We go, when we go out for lunch after this, I got a story to tell you. <laughs> no, no, no. Tell it now. Tell no, it now. I, 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 I appreciate I that I discretion because I I know I if you're not willing to say it right now, yes, you know it's 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 spicy. Uh, how level. many yeah. parents have email us? We'll we'll tell you what it is. Oh if you're listening goodness. to this, email Micah at lifechurchin.com. No, uh, so oh, all right, so let's uh let's dive into here um, just five ways that you can affair proof your marriage because affairs are obviously rampant in our culture, and uh, we know that that's not God's heart for for uh, a, a husband and wife, and and the in the reason being is is because it's again picture the the picture of marriage is a picture of God's love for the church and anytime you break that picture you're you're warping the story of God's love for him and yeah. and, and the bridegroom doesn't have multiple brides and no. the bride doesn't have multiple grooms it's one and one and so so that's why it's, he takes it very seriously and I love how you explain that Nathan and we can go into we're not going to but this is the argument in this in the spiritual realm against homosexuality it's because in the picture of the spiritual realm, uh, two men taking themselves in marriage yeah. is only a picture of God loving God, and two women taking themselves in marriage is only a picture of the church loving the church. It breaks the spiritual That's picture right. of what God is trying to tell yeah. mankind about who He is and who we are. Yeah. And so th- we won't we we can dive into that another time, but but I do want to hit on yeah. like this one man one woman concept and five things we can do to yeah and and you, I just want to you know, give you a resource. I I think that every couple ought to be reading on this subject, right? Um, I, I try to read books all the time and I try to make sure that my every fourth or fifth book that I'm reading, I want it to be about my relationships, you know, my relationship, especially with my wife. I want to get, I, I, I want to be an expert on Christina. I, I want to you steer where you stare. So if I'm reading things about that, I'm thinking about how can I be a better husband? How do I deal with conflict here? What can I do to be romantic? Um, when I get busy, how do I make sure that I back up and find the time to make sure that we're okay? You have to, you have to be intentional in your education. And we prepare so much for our education uh, where it applies to our vocation, but we do very little to prepare for that relationship that's going to matter more than any other relationship in our life. And I find that a lot of men don't read anything. So I want to just encourage you, you, you should gentlemen, you should be reading all the time on this issue and you should be leading the way on that and, and doing it unto doing it unto the Lord. And, and you, what you're doing is you're sowing seeds that are kind of come to life in, in your wife. She, you know, can, can a rose bloom? Yeah. If you create the right atmosphere, Every rose can bloom and, 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 and wants to bloom. So how do you talk to your wife? How do you serve her? How are you every day showing yourself, laying your life down? And I think, you know, we learn a lot of principles of being a husband because Jesus is the ultimate husband. Husbands love your wife. Christ loved the church and laid his life down for her, right? We ought to be looking at Christ, realizing that he's this picture for us. But we also have to realize that we could, as Christians who love Jesus, under the right circumstances, be tempted into an affair. You know, you want to say that would never happen, but given the right circumstances, any man can fall. So how do you make sure that you can divorce-proof your marriage? How do you set up the boundaries and the guidelines to protect this thing that you love more, this, this, this woman that you love more than anything? How do you protect that sacred covenant. And, and so the book I want to recommend to every, every, everybody, you should all read this book, whether you're married or not married, you should read this book. It's called His Needs, Her Needs by Dr. Willard Harley. Um, and if you ever can possibly take the class, Dynamic Marriage, you should take it. It is a toolbox of how to affair-proof your marriage and how the enemy will will come in and sell you a lie. So that's, I mean, primarily what we want to talk about uh, in the in the final part of this podcast. How, or what are some practical things that you do to make sure that 
that you are safeguarding this that matters so so desperately to you. So throw out some ideas of things that that you see that the enemy comes in, tries to attack, and then maybe a way that you're trying to safeguard your marriage. So I think one of the one of the ways is not protecting um, who you're spending time alone with. Um, and so one practice that Nathan and I have made from the, the get-go right off the bat in our marriage is he makes a point never to be alone with another woman um, where there is no accountability. So like even if he's having a meeting at church, he'll be in a room with a door with a window in it or um, he'll never ride alone in a car with another woman. Um, same for me. We've just made that practice. Um, I remember Billy Graham, there was a story surrounding Billy Graham and um, someone had asked him how you, I'm sure you've had women who have tempted you or thrown themselves at you. You know, how, how have you never had anything happen in your entire ministry? And he said, well, I've always made a point to have someone walk in a room before me to make sure no one was there. No other, no woman was in that room waiting for me. Um, and yeah, into his hotel rooms, into his hotel rooms. And I mean, he just, you know, you have to be diligent and, um, and make sure that you're thinking ahead of time. I'm not going to put myself in that situation where one, something could happen, but two, where someone could say something happened, right? You are above reproach if you have never been alone in a room with an, another someone of the opposite sex, and yeah. someone could say something happened. Yeah, you don't go out to eat. You don't even have lunches alone with people. You it, know? You're protecting. You're protecting yourself, but you're protecting your spouse. Um, and so I, I think that that's one thing that we've put into practice. That's people say that's old fashioned, though. That's ridiculous in the world today. I had a, I had that, a female. That, that's ridiculous. That can't be lived by. But he, you know. It can. There was a female pastor because I know you were saying the ridiculousness of it. Some people will say will say that to you. There was a female pastor in this area once that uh, I think there was a conference we were at or something, and and she goes off on social media about that concept where someone at the conference leadership was saying, "Hey, you know, men, you you should just you know, make it a standard to never find yourself alone with someone of the opposite sex, and and you know, don't ride in the same car." And she got so offended. She was like. Do you think like all women are just going to throw your, themselves at you? And I, and I wanted to be like, dude, like no, that's not the point. Of what he's making the point is he's just saying I'm. I don't even want to put myself into a position where the temptation could even remotely arise. And yet she was she was coming you know down on that concept, and she was like, well, I I can hang out with men anytime I want, and I'm not you know nothing's going to happen because I'm not going to let it happen. I'm like. You're not caring for your brother in Christ then because you don't know what's going through his mind or his heart. And and why would you, I mean, it was just such a selfish, not, just a very naive thing to say like, oh, that's not going to happen. And I think that's how exactly that yeah. always happens is people say, well, it's never going to happen. And then they find themselves 10 years down the road. Oh my gosh, how did that happen? Yeah. I think a lot of times you find yourself in sin and go, how did, how did I get there? Well, yeah. you, you, you made a lot of little choices that got you there. And, and, and what... If you think that it can't happen to you, that you've got a pride problem, you, you, you have to know, I am susceptible to sin. There's none good but God. I, I can fall. So if you trust yourself too much, like th- that's really what you're doing by putting some of these safeguards in your life. You're going, I don't trust me. Mm-hmm. You know, Even as a teenager, y- you have to know the power of hormones. And that's one thing I remember having conversations with my daughter when she was a younger teen and she's like, Oh dad, nothing will happen. And I'm like, you have no, you don't, you don't know the power of, of testosterone. You, you have no clue. And that's why fathers will tell their daughters the truth because the other guys aren't going to tell her that, you know? So uh, if you think that it couldn't happen to you, you know, take heed. So that was G fall, you know, that was a good first step. Uh, so point number two, we have don't complain about your spouse with someone of the opposite sex. So that, so explain that one. Maybe ladies, why don't you want to jump in here and explain kind of what, how that one uh, resonates with you. 
I don't know if it needs a lot of explanation, but I just, you know, I think you have to be very careful with creating an emotional connection with somebody that's the Mm -hmm. opposite sex. And I try to really even be cognizant. I don't even, I try not to even really text the opposite sex. I usually will include you on there or another person Mm -hmm. so that their spouse isn't even wondering like, why is she messaging you directly? And why am I not involved in this conversation? Even if it's completely asinine, I don't want there to even be asinine. Isn't asinine like a, isn't that a like a really like crazy thing? You mean you mean? Uh, Did I say you said asinine? Uh, what are you saying? A uh, benign, benign. I think that's is actually, asinine. It. Let's look it up. No, I think I think, but I, I wasn't going to point it out. Well, but way to go. I think I think it was actually benign. Well, benign is I, what I you meant. Benign is what you. But yeah. I I want to know because I'm like oh I crap like I've been I'm using the word a, asinine no. wrong my asinine, whole life. Asinine, extremely stupid or foolish. <laughs> Okay, so yes, so that's asinine. You're right. you're saying benign, which which is more of like uh, even if it's even if, oh, even I if used it in the wrong context. Yeah, I even feel if like there's I'm no having problem. A, a, it is a real one word. of those um, moments from the 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 Miss USA contestant that uh, asked about yeah. the maps, and she was like, uh, such as uh, so. Now I'm totally lost. Okay, sorry. My I can point. edit this out. I, okay, yeah, so well, we can. Uh, anyways, thank I you probably, for making me I'll feel probably. stupid. No, I'm not. I felt stupid because I'm like, oh no, I've been using the word asinine wrong. My whole life, and I, I wanted I mean, to know. Even if it is stupid, if it's something little, I I can't even remember why I see I sent. Oh, I sent you about you know, Matt. When I said something to um, Dave Barnes about the whole situation oh, of being yeah. potentially trafficked, <laughs> I didn't want to just message him what had happened. Mm-hmm. I, I included you. Yes, that was a wild story that we'll share at lunch too. <laughs> oh, I need to hear that story. I love our lunches. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yes. Again, you can email Micah at Life Church. I right. if you'd like to be filled in on so all these backstories. So since you're going to edit that out, I'll just, okay. we'll start from, you know, what is there to explain? Obviously, we don't want to form an emotional connection at yes. all with the opposite sex, and that I try to be really aware of that. And even in my text messaging, that I'll make sure that there's a second person, so there's no question on why I'm sending them a message or why potentially their spouse is reading mm-hmm. it and thinking, why are you messaging them directly? That's even a, if that's it's good. even if it's about yeah. something very mm-hmm. nonsensical. It's like my husband's a jerk. He makes me feel stupid. So. Well, I mean, and, and that might seem like an innocent conversation at one time that you had, you know, before you were married, but you, you, you can't have that conversation now because it's a breach of trust, Yeah, you know, and, and it's allowing someone into the inner workings of your, you know, of your marriage. It, it, it lets them know that I'm struggling mm-hmm. and, and the enemy would love to send somebody in while you're struggling. So, you know, there's just things you have to play closer to the vest um, and not get other people. It's the two shall become one, not the community shall become one. I I don't even know if really men and women can be friends outside of being couple friends because I feel like it's very hard to have. Well, I think you can be friends. I don't think you can be like like bestie. You know, like, like that idea, like like Nathan and I will go, you know, you know, play around a golf together, and you know, we're really good friends. I think that type of friendship is probably not safe to have with. So I feel like a fem- couple as friends, but yeah, I think right. outside of that, I feel like it's very hard. As like, if you're calling some guy to go play nine holes with you, you know, it's just the two of you. Right. I would be like, ah, okay, what's going on there? Do I need to go shoot this guy? So uh, yeah, you know, like <laughs> another thing, Mike. I you would need say a second gun. Call Nathan. <laughs> Another thing that I would say is a right. is a good practice, um, and one that Nathan and I have been have been I feel like really good about is there's such a um, temptation to to be to have and kind of another a separate life with technology, right? Because it's a it's private, and I think a lot of times. Um, spouses don't think that it's even appropriate like because maybe it's like a jealous like I'll look like I'm I'm jealous or that I'm or I don't I trust, don't trust yeah. or whatever so they don't even ask for the ability to know the password or like get on their spouse's phone but for us it's it's not like that he gets on my phone I get on his phone um there's no there's no um line that we have you know that we don't cross with that. Yeah, all passwords are, you know, whatever password that that we have, we tell each other. Yeah. There's there's nothing that would prohibit us from 
from being there and there's no concept that you're snooping right because because i know this this is not the way that our our culture talks about it but you know chrissy owns me and i own her and so i'm not infringing on any individual right the two became one Mm -hmm. so you know it's it's the concept of nakedness it's the nakedness of the heart it's the nakedness of of the mind it's that they were naked and unashamed i'll show you everything that you want to know that your heart needs to know i'll tell you any detail you want to know if you ask me where i was i'm going to answer that it's accountability I think independent behavior doesn't really have a place in a marriage when it comes to, you know, this is my phone, this is my bank account. Yeah, you know, no one just, can get, no one can touch this part of my right. life. I'm independent here. Right. It's not that we. It's not that you can't have your own interests and sure. hobbies and things. You you are still you. Mm-hmm. Um, but but to that point, I think it's a great line. You don't have. There is no independence in the sense of. This is mine and no one else is allowed in it when you're married. And you just, and to our culture, like you said, Nathan, like that's probably going to be an offensive statement for some people. Oh, be offended to, to hear, right? Like, honestly, well, <laughs> well and we don't, we don't ever want to offend anybody on this show. We try very I hard never. not to, not to off- I don't like offending people. It's so scary. Uh, <laughs> and and our Jesus never offends My password. Me. So I think I'm going to have to change it to that's 1111. It's because- not that you don't give me your so password. Everybody knows one one yeah. one one I, yes it's easy for you to remember all my passwords because it's just like my wife is a sexy hot wife who wants to jump my bones so this is I true say? it Absolutely. just takes a long time to oh, enter that goodness. in no but so. I, I think that there's there are so many areas that we give the enemy a foothold yeah. and and your phone can be a huge one yes so i think even th- just speaking about technology you know another um point of affair proofing your marriage is being very intentional with your dates and Mm -hmm. continuing to plan dates, even when you're in a very crazy season. And for us, we, we aren't able to go out on dates a whole lot because babysitters are costly. I mean, just finding one that you trust. I mean, thankfully we have several from the church that we really adore, but you know, we have to do a lot of date nights at home. And I think even putting away your phone so that there's a lot of intention focused on one another. Um, and I love this Francie. I was just listening to one of her podcasts while I was getting ready this morning and they were talking about how to increase intimacy when you have young children. And Mm -hmm. they talked about, okay, it's not that if you find a show that you, you both can enjoy, but it's not using that as a way to escape, but that you're still trying to do a point of connection. And they said for them, even like doing a masterclass or, you know, like where they're learning something together or, which I thought Micah potentially would enjoy because we kind of, we like very different styles of TV. And so, I mean, he, he really enjoys kind of more comedy. I like more drama. And so sometimes that's hard for us to land on a show that we both enjoy. But I love the idea of, okay, we could do something where we're learning together. And there's, you know, that whole concept of dating at home still can be a date as long as there's real focus on, on each other, putting mm-hmm. away your phone and uh, not utilizing it as a way to escape I think putting a, putting away your phone is one of the biggest things because you're not really present with that person when your phone is is still in front of you. When we would teach the, you know, when we would facilitate the dynamic marriage class, that was one of the wives' number one complaints is that a, you know a, a man is at work all day and he comes home and then he's on his phone is and and he can't really listen. Chrissy will sometimes say, "Yes, yeah, you heard me." but you're not listening to me. And there is a difference. And of course it kind of sucks whenever you feel like, you know, you're being reminded of that, but it is true. You could even, I'll admit that I can watch a show and still be on my phone at the same time. And then that's, I'm missing some of the laughs of the comedy. I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not really engaged in that because, because I'm, I'm off elsewhere. And I do love the idea of doing things together. One of the things I got for Christina for Christmas was um, just something we could learn how to do different, different dancing things, you know, from our own house and just watch, watch it on, on TV. I think it's called show her off or something like that. But, (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> I'm expecting what? to see some swing dance moves coming up this okay, summer. Okay, you don't own her that way. Everyone, come look, come look at my prize possession here. Kind of that roaring twenties. Is it roaring twenties or is it roaring? What is it? I think that the forties is awesome. I love the music and and I just think that you know I think that the dancing side of things is something that yeah, man, you're married. You know, dance. Yeah. Enjoy one another. Don't dance with other people's wives. Dance I wish your there were wife. more opportunities for social dancing for adults in a setting I'm, that it's amen, not sister. gross. Do you know? Do you know where that really got a, a lot of the social dancing got started? I, I read this article. It was in the church that the churches would host dances because they wanted to treat. They wanted to teach young men how to honor women, mm. Mm, so, like cotillion kind of. Yeah. Well, you're the you're the the uh, the the person. Well, let's on etiquette, bring it back. Right? Let's that, bring it back. Let's do. You know, I would love to see something like that. I just feel like our society is so casual today, and it's a lot of a lot of churches detriment. have uh, no dancing policies now. We break we break all the rules here at Life Church. We talk about sex. We are going to bring back dancing. And we're going to dance. <laughs> you know, I, I had no a, one puts baby in a I, corner. I had a conversation. This is I grew up. You know, I we I grew up. Uh, Pentecostal assemblies of God, pastor's son. Um, I never went to prom. Uh, I was asked to go to prom, but told him that, Hey, I, I, I can't dance before I'm married, you know? So it was, it was something that that sounds weird, but that was kind of, uh, especially as pastor's kids, there were some extra rules that kind of got put on us, but I really, it didn't really bother me, but when I got married, I wanted to be able to dance and so, uh, I, I just I just remember that I was at this wedding recently. My mom and dad are married for fifty some years, and we were at this wedding. And I I was talking to my dad about dancing, and I said, "Dad, the Bible does talk about the celebration David. and dancing and joy. If not at a wedding, where would we dance?" And is you know I don't think there ought to be dirty dancing at weddings, thinking, right? Uh, depending on who the funeral, but uh, yeah. that's kind of macabre. <laughs> I'm kidding. But we, sort of. We were having a conversation about that, and my dad, fifty years married, he he invites my mom to dance with him. Aww. It was the first time that they had ever danced as husband now, and wife. Now, what, what was your mom's reaction? Blown away. She was blown <laughs> away. So you know that that wedding uh, that that uh, that wedding dance thing that happens whenever you uh, you know everybody who's married this many oh, years yeah, yeah. This anniversary many, dance yeah whatever that's called it, they were doing that and they won so the very first time that they had ever danced you know I'm watching it and I mean I videoed it and sent it to my siblings because I'm like well, look at something we've never seen before <laughs> were they like are mom and dad drinking? No. Like, what, what is happening? Don't start no. that rumor. No. But I, I just thought if, if not, if not the joy of a wedding, where, where, where should husbands and wives be able to I think to like dance? anything, it can be done tastefully. And, you That's know, right. so, and I think that is the key and it certainly can be done in a fashion that isn't God honoring, but I think that there's a place. And so I think to completely eradicate it is unfortunate. And, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sad that the church is so opposed because well, like let's, I said, let's bring it back. So we got, we got to wrap up here because it's, we're coming up on an hour, but we, uh, we've gone through the four already. If you're keeping track, the five ways to a fair proof your wedding one, don't spend time with opposite sex alone. Don't complain about your spouse with someone of the opposite sex. Number three, know your spouse's passwords. Number four, go on dates. And you number, drum roll for this number five, <laughs> and by all means, the best one is have a lot of yes. sex. Yes, S-E-X. I'm, I'm, I'm a master of sex. <laughs> I feel like you need a better Are you sure about that? sound bite than that. Well, I mean, we have other ones. I mean, we could... Uh, we could hey, your stare was holding, red jean skin was showing, hot <laughs> That's probably not, This is probably not the wrong... I did not right. just meet you. It was that's true. This is the wrong. This is the wrong, wrong uh, kind of. Well, it's yeah. It's You're gonna catchy. have to edit this out. Uh, <laughs> you know, what? I'll probably forget to do any editing and just post it as oh. is. But, but I no. See, I told so, you we should have gotten him writing, but there was veto power. All right, so have a lot of sex. I don't know if that one necessary. We've sort of been talking about that one throughout the whole show. I don't think we have to go into great de- detail with it, but the point is, and you said earlier, Susan, the connection that you have, even when. You know, even when you feel uh, like it's been, you've been apart. I mean, you have sex, 
and it just brings you back together. It's that soul tie. It's that, it's that common, you know, it's that. It alleviate, it, 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 it actually alleviates stress in the home. I had, uh, this, <laughs> this, this woman, uh, honey, are you feeling stressful? To, is it, is I heard stre- recently, are you she says whenever her husband, if, if he's grumpy, she like commands him to the bedroom, get to the bedroom, <laughs> get right? your pants off and get in that room. You know, <laughs> but but it does change the atmosphere in a home. Uh, people are are far more gentle with one another. You know, uh, husbands and wives are, are are nicer to one another. There's something that happens that was always meant to happen. It draws a husband back to his wife. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I listened again. I keep referencing her and I cannot say it enough. Like ladies, check out this podcast because I really think it could be life changing. What is it called again? It's called Heaven in Your Home. But I loved the reminder that your marriage has to come even before your parenting. So if you've got, yes. well, really kids of any season, but that has to be the number one focus because then it's going to trickle down and it will benefit them to make that the the very first because it lets them know that they're in a safe home, a, mm-hmm. you know, that there's security there. But I know that's hard. I, we are in that season right now where they need us for everything, you know? And so it's, it's easy to want to make them the focus. So we're going long, but I just wanted to reiterate that, yeah, I think that point of connection our kid our kids always understood that i love mom more than you and just so you know that's the way it ought to be and if i love her more than you i'm showing you that someday you're going to love your spouse more than you love your kids it was from my love for your mom that you even came into this world so you follow in priority order and imagine how many times kids are used as a weapon for why something can't happen. That would only cause like, you know, I'm sorry, I can't do that for you, husband, because, you know, because of the kids. Well, that would create a resentment that he's been tossed off as not as important. And that that can't be the message of the home. So not only you do we need to worry about frequency and we need to worry, you know, but we need to it, it needs to be good. It needs to be creative. It needs to like we need to get better at what we do. You, you should you should have far better skills in your 40s than you had in your 20s and you should be far more patient and you know that like you should be growing you should see how i like my body's way more flexible now than it was back then like, i can do things with my left leg Micah, that i tmi what? yes thank you micah is going in for surgery on his hip so, yeah and it's uh, it's not for marriage it's keying injury what was it that we read before what what's that what? We were reading and it was like if you're bodily able and I was like, well, oh, bodily his hips are starting to, to go out. You're bodily able to no. have a lot of sex. That's funny. I'm pretty sure my body. It's kind of funny because uh, it's sort of like adrenaline kicks in <laughs> and you don't really feel the pain of your hip. You're like We do not need graphic like, details. Okay? No, I think it's good. But well, it's been this has been fun, and yeah. I think the I think the girls I think did a we're great job. Get letters from people asking for our co-hosts to come back. I know they're going to be like, "This is the best one ever." I've been dying to know the analytics of your show to find out what is the most popular episode, and I'm I'm secretly hoping that this isn't. So one share is isn't one. Share and um, tell I your almost friends. Almost guarantee you it will be because for some reason <laughs> the, Lord, the subject. The Lord has a, a sense of, of humor. He knows how much you guys don't want it, and I think God's going to be like, you know what? I'm just going to make this one go viral. Just, <laughs> Just, just because. So it's, uh, yeah, man, it's been fun. You guys, it's, you guys give a lot of great wisdom. We love you both. And, uh, it's, it's amazing. So, um, next week, next week, we're going to be talking about, uh, the, the positions, the sex positions, right? We're going to do, no. we're going to do that one. Oh, no. <laughs> we were, we were, this that was one. going very well. I don't, and I don't, then think, it just it, I don't think that will be it. <laughs> Well, okay. Well, you know what? But I will say Valentine's is coming up and some people hate it. It's super commercialized, but it is a softball opportunity for those that, you know, romance doesn't come easy to. So just be thinking. This is the wrong song to talk about a romantic Valentine's Day. Uh, I don't know what you're doing with music. This is, this is, hey, sexy lady. It's that song. All right, fine. I don't know if I've ever heard this song before. Yes, you have. Yes, you have. Gangnam Style. Gangnam Style. You're uh, a youth pastor, man. Yeah, but I didn't listen no, to that. No, you didn't do that? Okay. I do want to say so, this, though. We'll do, we'll as, do a different song here. As we talked about sex and we talked about romance, um, there is something that's coming up here at Life Church, and it's called Renovate. And it's going to be happening, I believe, on, oh, I don't want to get this right. Is it the 10th and the 11th, or is it the 11th and the 12th of February? It's a Friday and Saturday night, 
And uh, if you are single, you can come on Friday night. Uh, the cost twenty bucks, and we'll we'll feed you. I think it's appetizers and desserts. But then on uh, you know Friday night is for is for both couples and singles. But then on Saturday, uh, that will be for just a, a, a married couple. It is uh, I think it's forty dollars for the couple for the weekend. We really want you to come and be a part of this. Uh, you can text renovate to three one seven nine six one eight three three zero. Text the word renovate and that will get you uh, everything you need to do to, to, to get in on it. But we, we don't want to just we don't want to just have, um, you know, romance on a night in Valentine's Day. What we want to do is become better, better spouses, you know, to 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 keep growing as individuals. And this night is going to focus on communication this this weekend. And uh, boy, if, if people don't have communication problems in their marriage, you know, like the, the fact of the matter is, is all of us wrestle with, with that to some capacity. So don't just, don't just uh, spend tons of money to grow this Valentine's season in, in terms of, or don't, don't just spend all, all of it on the event of Valentine's, but spend some money on the growth of it and grow and, 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 and really give your marriage over to Jesus because he's honored and glorified when people see the kind of love that you have for your spouse and say, where's that come from? We get an opportunity to turn that back to, to the Lord. February 10th and 11th, sign up online or text what Nathan said to text. 317. Renovate. Yeah, the word renovate to 317-961-8330. All right. So thank you guys for listening today on this amazing uh, edition of Jesus Sex and Politics. And we hope you guys were blessed by it and go out and love your wives, love your husbands, and uh, do it in a way that honors God. Amen. Go be bunnies. I don't know if we can do our sign off with, you know, this song. It's not, doesn't feel the same, but I think it's a, I think it's a good one to Oh my gosh. <laughs> your body is the Oh, that's right. Don't act like you don't believe that. Come on. Hey, we're made in the, in the, in the. In the image of God, right? That's right. Fearfully and wonderfully. And it's, and it's a wonderland. Babe, your body is a wonderland. I love you. I love you. All right. Hey, this has been Jesus, Sex, and Politics. I'm Micah. And I'm Nathan. And we talk about all that sex. That, that will scare you. Hey, I'm Pastor Micah Beckwith here with Pastor Nathan Peter now and our beautiful wives, Susan and Christina. And we want to tell you about something that's amazing coming up at Life Church called the Renovate Conference. And it's all about communication in your marriage. Everybody needs to grow in this area. So don't let Valentine's just be an event or a night. Make it a season of growth. Absolutely. And Nathan, you are taking me to that, I right? am taking you on February the 10th and the 11th, Friday and Saturday. And it is only $40 a couple. Or you can come on Friday night if you're a single for $20. And hey, you may find somebody. Yeah. We want you to register by texting the word renovate to 317-961-8330. Or you can go to lifechurchin.com for more information. Come on out. Don't miss it. It's going to be awesome. This is Nathan from Jesus, Sex, and Politics, and I'm talking to all of those of you who have a friend that you know is offended about everything. Listen, help them to come out of the bondage that they're in. Like us, share us, or subscribe, Jesus, Sex, and Politics, because when you do, you might help free somebody from the terrible, terrible tyranny of the mind.